I know we were in the book of First Timothy, um, but I've been as I've been reading and studying this week. I've uh, actually in the journey of reading uh, myself and encouraging the staff to read a, a book called A Dangerous Call. Um, so I've been uh, just going through that book, and uh, this week, as I was reading, I was actually reading it last week, and. Um, was encouraging us that are involved in ministry to never lose our awe of God. So as I've been um, thinking and praying this week, I want to do just a a time together this Sunday to bring us back and maybe just to remember the awe of God. And it may be just as this simple for you as you no longer enjoy the sunrises or the sunsets You no longer enjoy the stars that are there. You're so busy, you miss the birds that are chirping that are around you. As I was standing in in the middle of the field yesterday, just watching the clouds, trying to figure out, God, which way is the rain going to go? We can hear the thunder. I knew people that were coming from the church side as they're driving out, you know, three miles, four miles down the road. I know it's Florida. I understand that. And I was expressing that to my son as we're on our way there. We could see where it was raining here. And and growing up in the state of Indiana, just when it rained, it rained everywhere. There was no raining on this side of the road and nothing on that side of the road. And So I'm looking at this cloud thinking, wow, God, it's just pouring there. But I'm looking in the direction of where we're headed for the wedding. And I'm thinking, God, well, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of rain clouds over there. And it just reminded me again of God's power. I mean, we could hear... The thunder around us, we knew God, if he wanted to, could have dumped the rain on it. It would have been okay. There was plan B. We were going to come here and, and do the ceremony. But God gave us just, just a little time. We got a chance to celebrate a wedding with no rain. Forget about the details of who's going to walk down the aisle or not. Forget about the sound system. Forget about what is going to be said. Forget about who is going to be there. Our God wanted just to see, for us to stop and see. Oh, I'm still here. I just want to demonstrate a little power to you this evening. Just to remind you that I can take care of you. As I've been thinking about my God, I've been thinking about His nature this week. As I stop and go back and I want to be in awe of my God... It's important for me to know some of my characteristics of my God. So I'm going to list some things off. I'm going to give you some verses. And if you've got some time, you might want to just go back and look at these. But I've been thinking about, if you have your Bible, you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I've been thinking about my God's faithfulness. Out of over all the years of my life and over all the years of your life, I want to remind you of God's faithfulness. And he's not faithful because he, he, he thinks you're more special than somebody else. He's just faithful because that's his characteristic. That's who he is. That's who my dad is. He's just faithful. And a verse that I'm reminded of is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I know we're talking about when it comes to sin. And, and it's exciting to know that there's no temptation that sees me except as common to man. That God is Faithful. What does that mean? He's faithful. He will not let me be tempted beyond that I'm able to bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way so that you can stand unfaithful. 
faithfulness of my God. The faithfulness of my Father. Another passage of scriptures, if you go to James chapter 1. Go to James chapter 1. Thinking that God will never change. He's immutable. James chapter 1 verse 17, you read these words. In the same way, faith is in itself, is not accomplished. Oh, I wrote down, oh, I'm in James chapter 2. Sorry, let me get to the right verse. James chapter 1 verse 17. I did write down the wrong verse. Oh, there we go. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadow. Just think about this for a minute. Your God does not change. You remember when you were younger? You pleaded your case to your parents. You wanted them to change your mind. You even promised that you would be better. You promised you would take out the garbage. You promised you'd be nice to your brothers or your sister. You promised all those things, and what did you do? You failed at your promises, I'm sure. You changed. But my God, he never changed. I was reminded of the power of my God, I often think about Genesis. I think about Genesis chapter 1 and 2, the creation, how he spoke it into existence. You stopped and thought as you drove down roads, walked through forests, wherever you were this week, that your God created all of that. I was standing there yesterday on that Shell Rock Road, and I'm looking at trees, and I'm thinking, God... You knew, you planted, I mean, maybe somebody planted those trees, but those trees were just growing. They were healthy. So we'd have shade. Was that an accident? Loves to go to the mountains. Are the mountains an accident? I love to watch snow. Is snow an accident? Every snowflake is different. Is that an accident? Is that, oh no, I know, it's a coincidence, right? No. It's the power of, and you can say whatever you want to say, I'm going to say it's the power of my God. He wanted me to know. The thing, one of the things that I love is, is being cold, and one of the things that I enjoy is the, the snow. He wanted me to know that he takes care of that too. That he has the power to provide snow so that I can enjoy it. Think about my God and think about his holiness. That one's a little bit more difficult for me. It's nicer for me to think about that he's faithful, that he never changes. It's nice to he think about for me to think about his power. It's very important for me to never forget the holiness of my God. Passage of scripture that we were reading this morning. You can call it coincidence. 
I call it the hand of God. Just when we gather on Sunday mornings as leadership, just say, is there a verse that some, some of you are thinking about? And Will Swain said, I've been thinking about this verse. So I want to take you to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, Be holy, because I am holy. Not me as a preacher, Him as a Savior. Him as our God. And we're living in a generation, in a day and age, where holiness is optional. If it's convenient, if it's okay, if it fits your lifestyle. No, no. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, because what God has done for us, for me to offer my body as a living sacrifice. Hey, it's my choice. Say, God, here's my life because what you've done for me. And maybe, maybe you just need to do do this. Maybe you need to spend some time this afternoon and go find the passion of Christ and watch it again. If you've never seen it, you need to watch it. We showed clips on Wednesday night to the students. Obviously, I didn't show them all of the gruesome clips. But I wanted them to see when Jesus, and I don't know if this exactly happened, but how it all worked. But I can just imagine as they took Jesus and whatever it was that they chained his hands to, tied his hands to, however it worked in that culture, from what I understand, he was chained to some type of a pole or a post, something there that was going to hold him there. And as they got out the instruments that they were going to choose to beat his back, when they put the crown of thorns on his head, when they spit in his face, when they mocked him, When they laugh, knowing, get this, knowing he could have blown it all up instantaneously. But he didn't. Why? As the piece of flesh was ripped off his back, why didn't he? Because he loved you. To think that somebody was willing to do that for me. What does he want from me? To offer my body as a living sacrifice. But that verse does not stop there. If I'm going to be a living sacrifice, I have to transform my mind. I have to say no to the things that I think is right and yes to what the truth says. That takes work. 
normally not a whole lot of fun for me to tell myself no. For some reason, my wife and my daughter, they can go shopping for no apparent reason. And that's fun for them. They say to me when they're shopping, when I go shopping with them, why don't you go into the golf store? Look over there. I don't want to go in the golf store and look at anything that I'm not going to buy. That's torture. That's not, I don't do that. I just don't do it. So I don't get excited about, yeah, tell yourself no. Tell yourself no. No, I don't. But when the Word of God says this and the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want this out of your life, then I have to surrender. Say, hey, that's what my God wants from me. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 said, But God demonstrated his own love towards us, and that why we got sinners, Christ died for us. He loved you. Here's a verse that I want you to think your way through, though. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's pick it up in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were objects of wrath, But because of God's great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it was by grace you have been saved. And God has raised us with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages we might have the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us. In Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. And not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works. So that no one should boast. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. To do good works. Which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Please. Never ever get over the thought that a loving God died for you. That he was willing to make a choice to say, I want you to be part of my life. Because you know what ends up happening over time? And I've, read, I've been reading about this in The Dangerous Call, and I've been thinking about it in my own heart and soul. Oftentimes we get very comfortable sitting in church, and we no longer need Jesus. We get very comfortable thinking, yeah, I can handle this. I can fix the problem. I can take care of the situation. But the truth of the matter is, every single one of us need the miraculous power of Jesus Christ in our life today more than we've ever needed before. Because there's still something that's alive inside of every single one of us sitting in this room. And it's called sin nature. And it doesn't just go away. You just don't wake up one day and say, oh, well, that's all gone. Hey, have a great day. No. When that's all gone is when you're seeing Jesus face to face. That's when it's all gone. So all of us, instead of we consider and say, yeah, we've got it all figured out. We don't need this. No, you need a miracle in your life today. It's called Jesus Christ and so do I. 
Because I know the truth that some of you are coming in this room this morning, you're discouraged. Some of you coming in this room that you're disappointed. Some of you come in this room and you have bitterness. Some of you come into this building call and you're asking the question, why? Some of you walked into this building saying, you know what, I'm just angry at, the, I'm angry at God and I'm angry at everything that's going on in my life. And I can tell you that it's okay to have some of those feelings. But if you walk out of here without dealing with these feelings, you're just going to damage the people that are around you. So whatever you've walked in with, we long that you walk out with the miraculous power of Jesus Christ living inside of you. And that you say, here's my life. I'd say, I got it all together. No. To say to Jesus, I surrender. You have your Bible, go with me to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of the tabernacle and He will set me upon the rock. Stop there. Psalm of David. Often as I think about David's life, I'm sure that there was, and you know, as you, if you've studied David's life, there was many ups and there were many downs in David's life. There are many times where David would step back and say, wow, there's my God. There's many times that David would say, God, where in the world are you? What is going on here? There are times in David's life when he was confronted with sin in his life and he fell on his face before God saying, God, here I am. I need your forgiveness I'm going to repent and say, here it is, God, here's my sin. There's so many different things that you can look at as you look at the life of David. But as you begin this passage of Scripture, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The light is, as you look at in David's past, you can see the darkness. What set him free? The Lord. His redemption. I'm sure when your parents, when you were little, you were afraid of the dark. You say, but mom, there's somebody over there. But mom or dad, there's something here. So what would your parents do? They would come on, come in, and they would do what? Turn the light on. And they would show you all around. God turned the light on for David. David, I want you to trust in me. David, I want you to be free from the fear of darkness. David understood 
redemption. David understood that he is my light and my salvation. I don't know if David was thinking this, but if you go all the way back to Exodus chapter 15, I'm sure he was aware of all that you think. Just think through Exodus 15. What happened in Exodus 14? What happened? The nation of Israel walks across on dry ground. Salvation. They were stuck there. There was no way out. There was only one person they were going to turn to. Hey, God, we need a miracle. And what did God do? He opened the sea and they walked across on dry ground. Salvation. Is the Lord your light? Is the Lord your salvation? If the Lord is my light and my salvation, then whom shall I fear? And I hadn't been thinking about this a whole lot, but if you narrow my life down, the things that could really send me to the right or send me to the left, it's one word. Fear. What will so-and-so think? What will happen? What mistake will you make? Fear. Maybe that's you too. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what so-and-so thinks. And it really doesn't matter if it doesn't work out. What matters is, He is my light and my salvation. And I never want to forget that. No matter what presses in around us or me, He is my light and my salvation. Here's something that I think is really amazing. David didn't stop there. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. All the battles that took place, all the times of hiding, all the mistakes that he made. Who was the stronghold? Who was the one that he could go to and say, I need you now. The Lord was the stronghold of David's life. He was the fortified place. He was the fort. He was the place where David could go to find safety. He was the one that was there when the lion came. He was the one that was there when the bear was there. He was the one that was there when Goliath showed up. And he was the one that was there after his unwise choice with Bathsheba. He was the stronghold when that little person passed away for David. Who's your stronghold? Who's the fort of your life? And I know there's a temptation, I realize that, for all of us to say that you can handle it. But then why do so many walk in discouraged? Why do so many walk in with fear? Because we really haven't let them be the stronghold of our life. We're still trying to be in charge. We still want it to be our way. 
As you look at David's life, as you read through the psalm, there was times that there were men against him, small group of people. Verse 3, there was the times that there was armies against him, a large group of people. But his confidence remained in the Lord. As I look, as I read on 4 and 5, David's desire was the presence of his God. David's desire was no matter what the earthly things that took place, was it one person, was it an army, was it his own soul that was making unwise choices, all those things was his, was it God, I just want to have a relationship with you. I want to be in your presence. Almost the concept, which is hard for us to understand, is the tabernacle. When the glory of God was there, it would go there and just dwell in the presence of the tabernacle. They could see God, the presence of God. That's what David longed for. And all of his different circumstances of life, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful to God that he allowed us an opportunity to read about a person called David. So that we'd have an opportunity to see how an individual would dwell in the presence of the God. How an individual would commune to enjoy, to see, to understand, to be aware of God. To have confidence in his soul, to have comfort in his circumstances. To know that no matter what the circumstance of his life might be, he could choose to rest in the Lord. He knew that the Lord would be the stronghold of his life. He would be able to stand in awe of his Savior. As I read that chunk of scripture, my question is, is who's your God? I know we're in church. I know the church answer. Who is he really? Who's the person you're going to for forgiveness, for salvation? Who do you go to as the stronghold of your life? And I know, I know. There's a temptation. If we don't guard our mind, if we don't transform our mind... We will find something of this earth. It's not anything new. There's no, it's not new that we go, oh, well, we're going to make an idol. Well, we can go back and read in the Old Testament. They made a golden calf. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Moses and Aaron, 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 what in the world were you thinking when you're going to build a golden calf? Seriously? After all God did, you're going to build a golden calf. And they bowed down and they worshiped. But before I get too excited, something happens inside of here. It's called the Holy Spirit. And he reminds me of my golden calves. I'm sure none of you have them. I'm sure that you're all okay. Your life is perfect. And there's never a time in your life that you have to stop and say, God, I need to go back and be in all of you. Maybe you're not perfect. challenge you this morning is make the Lord the stronghold of your life. I know you're busy. I know you got great burdens. 
I know you got 50,000 things to do. But when you're driving down the road this afternoon, look at the clouds. Remind yourself that that's your God. When you wake up tomorrow morning, open the Word of God. Say, God, what do you have for me today? Open the Word of God to remind you to transform your mind. Say, God, I don't want anything this world has to offer to become my God. I don't want it. Because it will never, ever be the stronghold that the Lord will. I had the privilege of being at the luncheon, bless the businesses. John McClure was there. He was the speaker. And John, if you're reminded of this, I had a note in my Bible that John said uh, something to this effect. Either obey or you will pay. Because the world will destroy you. Either I obey the word of God or I will allow the world to destroy me. What will you do? Will you surrender to the authority of the word of God? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will make your path straight. The choice will be yours. Why don't you pray with me this morning? Father, I want to thank you for the freedom to be here as Josie has shared this morning. God, it's a privilege to be in a church. It's a privilege to have air conditioning. It's a privilege to have a bench, a seat to sit in. Father, if we take that for granted today, we ask for forgiveness. God, if there's been things in our lives, in my life, that I have allowed, that I've made the choice to be blinded to and I've made those things an idol in my life I pray that you would show me and you would continue to show me because I only want one God and I know as I look through the life of David there's only one stronghold and that's you so God may I choose to run to you God thank you for being faithful thank you for not changing Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being a holy God. You're here this morning. I don't know what's going on in your heart. But if you have an idol, something of this world that you think will be your stronghold, I'm begging you, let it go. Repent. Say, Jesus, I don't want this to be in my life. you're discouraged this morning, there's only one stronghold that can help you. His name is Jesus Christ. Run to him. If you're angry, you're saying it's not fair, if you're asking the question why, those are all legitimate questions. They're fair to ask those questions. He's not mad at you for asking the question, but please, at some point in your life, stop asking that question. Ask Him to do some healing in your life.
Father, you know what each person needs this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move in their lives. May we run to the miraculous power of Jesus Christ today. May we always be in all of you. No matter how big our burdens are, no matter how much stress we have, no matter what our fears might be, may we always be in all of you. May we run, run to the stronghold, the lover of our soul, the creator of our bodies, Jesus Christ. May we run to you. To your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.